What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dear Vane podcast. And you are listening to a section, uh, a section of the podcast called the Whitetail Series. So if you've been paying attention at all um, to the podcast, we have been releasing whitetail strategic and tactic specific information for the timeframes coming out in the weeks ahead. So we've, we've already put out a bunch of podcasts for in September and in October, and this is this one will be airing in late October. Then we'll be push, pushing them out in November as well. And we're trying to push these out a week or so ahead of that time frame that you're actually going to be hunting. So today, you know, we're releasing this late October. I got Johnny Seward on right now, and Johnny is a badass dude from PA, and he is going to be talking about kind of that main rut time frame. So like essentially November 2nd to the 15th. So if you're interested in that, you took your time off and you want to you know, figure out if things aren't going well, always have some tactics in your back pocket. This is a great podcast to, to listen to. And also just for a uh, real quick, I got a couple sponsors on the podcast this year, and that would be Vector Custom Shop. You need some new arrows, your arrows aren't doing very well, or you want to get set up with some good FOC and you don't want to go through all the math, just look up uh, Vector Custom Shop. Isaac over there, take care of you. They build some awesome arrows. Uh, we got Venado, which is a, an apparel company. Venado makes some awesome clothes, like the comfiest and softest fleece, uh, what is it called? Fleece flannel that I've ever like owned. Like they have a bad, like I love that thing. And I have a few of their other clothes and a couple of their sweatshirts. They make some awesome clothes. So essentially if you like, I know, I know Mitch is going to hate me saying this, he's the owner of Venado, but if you like legendary whitetails, you will love Venado. Very, very awesome, similar setup. And then lastly, the last sponsor I got on this is Onyx Maps, and we all use Onyx Maps. Onyx is a phenomenal uh, GPS mapping tool. If you guys don't utilize Onyx yet, go, go check it out. They'll show you public-private land boundaries, which when you're hunting public, like myself and Johnny, I do have a bit of private now, though. Um, you know, knowing where, knowing where those boundaries are can, can really keep you out of trouble. Um, so you got waypoints and all that stuff on there. All right. So with that, hopping into the podcast. What's up, Johnny? Well, not much, Anthony. Thanks for having me on, man. You bet, dude. You bet. So we were talking previously, and Johnny runs an excavation company, which by running it and owning it, he is essentially married to it. <laughs> and when it's when it's running, he's running. Yeah. So always uh yeah, so it's always difficult to get out earlier in the year because obviously excavation is you know spring summer fall work not a whole lot of excavation in the winter but you're taking you take you essentially take your time off in november right yeah because of i'd like to hunt more in october but just because like you said the you know i'm trying to i'm racing to get stuff done so i kind of i'm 110 percent, so i'll work hard up till you know through october and get everything done you know store your nuts away like a squirrel and take some time off not i mean we we work you know through november and that but i still get a week two weeks but um i usually always plan for the first two weeks of november to take off so gotcha and you actually like and, and it's something that i that i think is really cool is that you were at a different company doing the same similar very similar work doing excavation work and you, there are just some years you couldn't take the time off so you kind of knuckled down and just started your own company so that you could yeah. take the time off and run your own yeah. schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, 
like even when I worked for the other company, I had time, but it still wasn't like I, I wanted. Um, well, actually, I probably had more time then, but it was like <laughs> um, I just got to a certain age and I lived that where I would work and then go hunting and I didn't wasn't saving much money. And so I said, man, to save some money, I got to start my own business. So, yeah, I've been in business seven years. I've been doing good. So uh, but yeah, I'm married to it. So. But I do try to, I got some good help to I, I get away, you know, to, to get some rut hunting in. So yeah. and basically, most of my hunts are, since I live near Pittsburgh, um, it's pretty much all my hunts, my public lands or hunts are all places that I travel to, to where there's, if you're going to spend a day, if you're going to travel two to 10 hours to hunt, it's, you, I think your odds are better going during the rut when the deer are moving all day, you know, in some of the places you might have a mile hike. And in October, it's still warm to where, you know, November, it's a little cooler to get to your spot and a deer. You could sit there all day and hopefully see something. So that's kind of like how I've been hunting. You know, even when I worked for that other company was just taking my time off, um, planning for the rut in early November and October, November, first week of November. It's usually at peaks um, in, you know, most of the areas I hunt, you know, across the Midwest and East. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I think taking time off in November, I, obviously a lot of people do it, but I, one of the reasons I think it's like you, like you said, whether you're traveling two hours or 10 hours, it gives you that, that window of opportunity where anything can happen throughout the entire day. Yeah. That's a, yeah. right. That's, the, that's it. Yeah. Cause I've, I've traveled for early season before and it's mm. like, you don't do shit for 12 hours a day and then you sit for the last two hours and that's right. it. And you yeah. feel like you don't do anything. You're right. And the days are long. It's hot. And you're sitting up in your tree midday. I'm like, sometimes you're like, what am I doing? This is dumb. And that's another <laughs> reason, like I go hard work-wise and it, like if you work hard and you have that small window to take off, it makes your hunting that much better because you worked hard to get that time off, you know? Um, so when you're off and you're going to hunt that week, you're going to hunt hard because you can get burned out. Anybody can get burned out. Um, and even when I used to travel and hunt a lot more than I do now, um, I would only go about four days, my four to five days I'd hunt hard. And then I'd take a day or two, um, to scout. Cause you just get, I mean, you try to do everything right. You try to get in without spooking your game. You try to be sent free or play to wind. And you always got to, um, you're always walking a tightrope with them mature deer because they don't take many chances. They have a lot of odds in their favor. So getting in and out is, is important, um, to your stand, um, being sent free. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it's taxing on you. You're physically sometimes mentally getting up early and doing everything you got to do right and play to win and get in that spot. So like I'll, if I have a week, usually I plan a, a week, uh, five to seven days and, and there's, there'll be a hard hunt in four, four days, for sure. And I got planned. And, and if you're going to hunt early November, chances are you already kind of got things planned out from maybe last year, or, you know, maybe you had cameras running through October. And so you kind of already have a plan, you know, maybe where you want to hunt. But um, like I said, even when you're executing that plan, you're always thinking and asking yourself, you know, as things change, but um, it, it's, it's kind of tough. Um, to go seven, eight days straight, you know, 
but um, yeah. I like hunting about four or five days hard. And then I can uh, take, and I'm always, cause I always want to in season scouting is always very important to me to where you'll do a three, you, maybe you'll have a plan to hunt your first three, four days, or a lot of times I'll travel and I'll have cameras already in place to where I'm going to hunt. So I could evaluate mm -hmm. what's there to help me. So I'll drive, whether it's 10 hours or two hours, I'll drive and get cameras. So when I, I want to know what's there. It's my biggest thing. I'm going to know what's going on. So I'll have camera, whether it was, usually I'll have cameras in my location that I'm going to hunt. So when I get there, or I have like maybe a half a dozen, four or five spots picked out that I want to try if, if I'm traveling. So my, my area MPA is only two and a half hours from, from my home. So I get there more often. I got cameras, but, yeah. um, how do you know, how, you know, how do you know that when you go and look at those cameras that they're actually like catching everything you don't or how do you have the confidence in that you don't that's why the cameras could be great but they can miss a lot so um don't you know you could focus on what the camera's telling you but it ain't telling you everything so if um, you go yeah so if you go pull your if you go pull your cameras and you look at the cards you're like man there's some good sign out there but i ain't got shit on my cameras i try to get I try to get cameras if it's a real good spot that I know I know want to hunt. I'll get to get a few cameras in one area facing each direction to where I feel the deer are going to walk to catch them, whether it be one facing north, one facing east. There's times I've had two cameras, and one camera wouldn't catch a deer, and the other one had twelve deer on it in two days. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just how they they move through the woods. So, um, I I don't. You know, sometimes I use a lot of my instincts to tell me it's a good spot and okay. you know, whether it's rubs or scrapes, but, um, I no, think I mean, I, yeah, that's one, of the, that's one of the things I always have in the back of my mind is when I check my cameras, like there could be a giant ass scrape, like opened up, you know, whatever, 50 yards away and I'll check the camera. I won't have a whole lot on it, but I'll be like, what? There's a giant scrape right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's gotta be deer here, yeah. you know? And so then, so then you sit it and you don't see anything. Um, yeah. And then you're like, all right, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, is this spot dead or was it just a bad day or that, you know, there's so many variables and so much doubt that that comes across like a lot of hunters minds. Cause it's like, all right, I thought I was going to see something. And I didn't see anything. Yeah. I guess when, when you're out there and you go check your, check those cameras and we can get it, we, we can, we'll jump off the camera topic here shortly. Yeah. But uh, when you go out there and, and, and check those cameras and if you got the deer on there, right, that a mature deer that you're looking for or multiple mature deer, it's like, all right, this is the spot. It's a no brainer. I got to figure out yeah. how to hunt this area because they're here. Right. Yeah. Um, if you don't, but you still think it's good. Um, when do you, when do you pull the plug? When do you go, all right, this spot ain't worth my time this year. What do you think about? You know, it's mentally tough sitting in your tree stand because especially during a rut, I mean, you could tell yourself this ain't no good. And then all of a sudden here come a doe chasing with a buck. You know what I mean? Um, so <laughs> yeah. you have confidence in yourself, but don't just, it, it's that happy medium you got to find to have the confidence in your stand. There's a lot of times you sit, you know, it's November 6th, 8th, 10th, and you're sitting in your tree stand. You're like, and you, you know, it's the rut. So you think deer should be just in general running everywhere. And you, you, you're like, man, I've done it man, I'm not seeing anything. I should, I should move. And then you're sitting there contemplating all of a sudden the deer comes running by chasing the doe. But, um, you know, I, I try to stick it out. If I feel, you know, 
in that time of year at midday is solid the best time to hunt um get out sometimes i'll go out after daylight a lot of them big mature whitetails they're just like you usually might have a heavy frost and they're just kind of bedded up waiting just calm letting everything settle down and it and uh they'll get up about nine so it's like 10 to 2 that's the time that you want to be in that spot and hunt that then maybe i'll move at two or three you know maybe for an evening but the midday is when that mature deer is going to be hiking around looking looking for a doe um okay. but i i think um i think if there's does close by um so if you get if you get a ton of does on your cameras are you kind of sticking around yeah i mean they gotta um you also a lot of these areas if you're hunting a mature deer like this a lot of them aren't out of their head crazy stupid <laughs> to me it's like that they still more worried about survival especially if humans are out there hunting predators they're yeah. not they've been dumb but, but they they're changing as they age and and i don't think they get too crazy dumb uh till maybe you know in around the 10th or 12th maybe they get one doe and and but it, to me it's only a, like a day or two that they are the you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about yearlings, two-year-olds, or maybe even three-year-olds. I'm talking about four, five, six-year-old animals, if that's what you're after. Um, they're still going to gravitate toward cover. Um, they're going to move midday. Um, so, and they're, they're going to check them does. So, if you can stay, just, I, I usually, when I'm scouting, whether it be October or summertime, or in my in-season scouting, I take note of where I jump does you know um sure. and even when you're hunting that rut if you jump a doe that you know it's a doe bedding area or a feeding area for a reason whether you pop blow four does out of there or none um my buddy shot a buck last year i put him in a spot and he walked up on a ridge before daylight and he said three does run down in the woods snorting then he jumped another doe and he's like oh, i'm not going to see anything but you know that that buck that he shot a buck. It was just and he hears a snort. A, doe, a buck hears a snort. Tells him there's a doe there. So if yeah. you're if you're like when you're scouting, what no matter what time of the year, if if you if you bump deer mainly in season, um, and you see doe sign beds, shit, you know, a couple beds together, and then he also knows that's an area that you know the does gravitate to. So I mean, does are your biggest thing, you know, to to kind of get in close to. You know what I mean? But yeah. like I said, these bucks, they, they might stick to a little more cover. They might not be, I mean, I've seen these mature deer um, even be nocturnal somewhat through the early, early part of November to, to where they're just still not, um, they'll, they'll breed maybe one or two or three does a year and, and they're happy. They even, they, they're bigger, heavier, they even like the colder December weather, if, like early December, they'll breed, you know, if you get warmer. But then on the other hand, I've seen them at 80 degrees walking around mature, you know what I mean? Through yeah. the field. So, um, but always do some in-season scouting that time of year because yeah. things always change from year to year and you might, and you could kill a deer when you're on a hook. Maybe you get down, maybe you take your pack your stand and go check another spot to be always be mobile. And maybe go, I've, I've went and checked other spots. I always have a handful of spots, whether it's doe bedding areas or maybe where a buck might be, yeah. um, you know, getting, maybe there's a place where I think he's going to travel to that next doe bedding area, but get down and there's no door in a rut, just be out there midday and trying and it's another thing if you hunted all through october 
try not to be wore out, but hunt that midday time. Yeah. Just be in the woods. I don't care if you, I, there's times I got down on a tree and slept at the bottom of the tree, but I'm still in the woods. Don't leave. Right. Stay out there. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it could happen. And here he comes. You know what I mean? Just uh-huh. that's the biggest thing. I know when I was younger, I was trying to get out before daylight during the rut and it'd be real cold. And then by 10 o'clock, you're shivering. You know what I mean? And then you go to get down. And that's when a deer comes. So there's yeah. times I've, I've even, you know, if it's a heavily hunted public area, I would even drive the roads and see where the hunters are. See this guy parking here, that guy parking there and say, okay, well, I think he's hunting this clear cut. This guy's here. And even before that, you know, kind of, I always follow hunters, hunt hunters, know where they're at. Um, and the bucks are still going to run him seams in areas where they know the hunters are. So it happened to me two years ago. We were, uh, me and Bo, Bo had me out all night drinking and we slept in. And <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> I was like, Bo. And he's all, you know, I'm getting older. I was like, I can't recover from this stuff, man. So we, <laughs> we went, he went running to the woods and I said, I'm just going to drive around. I, I don't feel real well. And uh, <laughs> it was heavy frost. And that's what I did. I just drove the roads and, and everybody, everybody's pounding the woods. Uh, it was probably November 4th, 5th. And uh, I seen where all the hunters were and I know the area enough. I've hunted it. And I said, man, there's a nice little thick creek bottom. I, these guys are up on this top hunting and they probably been hunting, you know, end of October. They've been putting some time in now. Um, and the bucks, I think they gravitate to this. It was a brushy creek bottom thick to where, um, they could be safe moving during the day. They have that cover to help them. I mean, I went down and got in a tree and I, I missed 150 inch deer that, that morning, but it was, I hit a, a limb. There was a lot of saplings, but he was comfortable moving down. He still had that cover. You know what I mean? That they feel secure. That's they, they, they yeah. like the security of the cover, you know? Sure. Especially on the, on the pressure. Yeah. I think, I think that one of the biggest two things that you mentioned right there is, is, uh, like you, you touched on it, but like buck personalities, just because, you know, one buck you're, you're seeing, you're seeing that during the daytime and he's, and he's up and moving, um, doesn't mean that that's what all the bucks are doing. Yeah. Deer are, uh, you know, if it's one thing I've learned in talking to a lot of people through this podcast is that deer have personalities themselves, mm-hmm. right. And, and some deer only like nocturnal, some deer are totally fine with daylight. Some yes. deer only like that morning and that evening. Some deer like to breed 30 does a year. Some mm-hmm. deer like to uh, breed three. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter like if he's 200 inches or 150 inches, they have their own personality and they're trying to, yeah. they just yeah. do what they feel like doing. Just like, just like humans, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's important to, to note um, because you might be in one area where there's like no activity during daylight and you move to another one and all of a sudden there's a ton of it. And then but sometimes the only, it's a matter of if maybe jumping to a bunch of spots to find. Yeah. Because it might be dead. If, if it's an, if it's a time of year where there's only a, if your buck to doe ratio is low and there's only one doe, two does, and you don't, you're not close to them, you might as well sit at camp. You know what I mean? <laughs> you might want to yeah. m- be a little bit mobile. Don't be, because you're not going to screw the woods up. There's a hot doe. I've walked up on, I've done that. I've been in a, woods and and i sat there all morning and just just my feeling was like man it's dead here but but i know i know i'm in a kind of the right area and i know there's a doe in heat somewhere and i got down i walked about 300 yards and there was five bucks standing around this doe 
Um, <laughs> I watched the smallest one. There was 140 class eight. He walked by me. I don't know why I didn't shoot him. There was a bigger one down in the bottom. That's the one I wanted. And and then there was a maybe a 125 and a, and a, a one yearling or something. But the, the one eight walked away and I watched that two-year-old breed that doe. But um, so if you only have one doe or two in the area, you're going to, yeah. You need to get near that area. Mm-hmm. I mean, abandon scrapes because that's that's not even uh, something that they're going to be. Not not saying that if they walk by one, they're going to smell it, but it's it's mainly like it's almost like they're feverishly running, moving, um, looking for the doe or, or like the buck. Yeah, he, he kind of if he knows like so these big mature deer, they, are, they might he already might be satelliting a doe that he knows is coming in. He just mm-hmm. might hang around that area. You know yeah, I, mean? I would. Uh... I would second that, that thought on, it's almost like those does are magnets and they can draw bucks from all, all over the place. Right. One, one year I was out and it was like, I don't know, November, November 5th or November 6th, um, in a spot texting my buddy. I don't know why I'm not seeing any deer. This spot is dynamite for the rut. Like this has got it. Like this is weird. I've been here for six hours and I'm not seeing anything. Mm -hmm. And as I'm texting that, um, a doe comes popping through and, and she didn't look like she was, she was just walking around. She just went back. She, I was on kind of this like Oak Island in between some tall grass kind of out in this swampy area type stuff. And this Oak Island is long and narrow. So it's essentially they, they enter on one end, run all the way through to the other end. And and the one end I was closest to is the thick stuff, the thickest stuff where essentially you can't shoot into it. It's too, it's too thick, too much saplings, too many. And, um, I'm sitting there, she comes through and goes into that thick. And then like 10 minutes later from the totally opposite direction, another buck just comes hoofing in and he's like this little six point and another little four point, And then another small eight point and all within like 20 minutes. And I had cameras out there and there were like six or seven bucks in the area. And there's three of them right there. And all of a sudden here comes another one. And he's, he's the shooter that I'm after. Um, and he's, I've never seen him before, but the second I saw him, I was like, holy shit, that's, that's definitely a deer. I will shoot. He had two drop tines, um, and he bedded at 40 yards, probably like 50, 60 yards from this doe. And I couldn't get a shot at him. It was just too thick. I could see him. I could take photos of him and I just see his rack moving around, but he was bedded up right against a, a tree that was probably, I don't know, eight inches in diameter at 40 yards. So I'm sitting there up in my stand trying to figure out how the hell I can climb down and get a shot at this thing. Yeah. So <laughs> wild story. I climbed down, took like 10 steps and it's all Oak leaves took like wow. 10 steps. He kind of starts looking around. And then as he's looking around, this doe pops up, she starts running around. So then I'm like, what do I do? I'm caught out in the open here. I feel yeah. naked. So nice. I, 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 I creep back to my stand and all, all these deer are running around at like 40 to 60 yards. And yeah. so it's those three bucks that came through plus the double drop time plus a doe and the, and the double drop time was sitting there just watching it all happen. And this little buck, this little fork was just pushing this doe around and around in a circle. And so I climbed back up in my tree and then eventually this the drop time stands up and he's like, all right, I've had enough, enough of this shit. And he just runs in there, runs out the other three, they go running past me again. Yeah. And now he's dogging this doe in circles. And now I'm up in the tree and they come as close as 30 yards and I still can't shoot them. 
And, and I'm kicking myself because if I just would have stood on the ground at the base of the tree, I would have had a 30 yard clean shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's one of those things that I didn't know who knew what was going to happen. Yeah. But the, the point of that story is that I knew in that area, there were about seven bucks and, and we're talking about an area that's roughly 200 acres um, to 150 to 200 acres. It's pretty heavy pressure, public land. Yeah. And I knew that, that those bucks were in there and I had the majority of them within 50 yards of me. That means everybody else was probably seeing nothing. You're right. Yeah. Right? That's exactly yeah, and I'm, right. And I'm I mean, glad there weren't any other mobile hunters out there because they would have came yeah. walking in. <laughs> yeah. And th- but I mean, that's the biggest thing. Uh, stay mobile. Um, and then, like I said, if you, bu- even in, if you bump a doe, you're not, you're not doing any harm. I mean, there's bucks bumping does. Those are running all over. It's chaos that time of year, but try to find like the, those are the biggest thing, but try to find where the hunters aren't because the season's been in for a month now, at least in most States when you're getting into November. So they're already, they're already keened into humans being out there and hunting them than a normal places that maybe guys would go. So mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. Um, I think it's also like hunters. you said multiple spots. And I think a lot of people get stuck in hunting their private ground and they never leave it. Yeah. Right. They get stuck in the fact that they have a 40 to hunt or an 80 to hunt and they spend all their time there, even though there's no activity or they're not seeing any activity. I think it's, I, I think it's really important that like, even though my family, we have a hundred acres to hunt now, I still split time between that property and the public around it and by my house, you know, there's a couple, there's a thousand acres of public within 10 minutes of it. And I still scout that as much as I scout anything else. Them bills on that public, they need bread too. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, so they're going to go and that's good time for public land hunters. You might draw, I think maybe when you get into later, mid November, you know, like near the teens and twenties, I think that's when the deer will start traveling and dip on, you know, that's why I like sometimes like PA their seasons out around the 12th or 14th of November, which is, I don't know, it's dumb, you know? <laughs> so that's when I get to another state and, and I feel like some of them bucks are already some are, you know, nomadic and, and they're on to maybe a different property that they don't visit till the rut you know, but them those there have to be bred. So you're going to catch some transients, you know, that are traveling, which is always a good thing. But if you're, you're in with those and, and you know, nobody's been hunting, that's the biggest thing. Stay away from it. Cause that's where they're going to be. You know, that's where you're most like likely going to find the animals that you're wanting, you know, and then like, like you said, there, there might be only one doe like early in November, you know, and so it might be a little bit slow in areas, but, um yeah as as november goes on more you know when you get to the peak usually eighth seventh i'm I'm guessing to where there's more does so there's a better chance that you're gonna encounter you know more bucks you know yeah yeah so i think the point of that is is essentially if you're hunting a piece of private and it sucks don't be afraid to go jump onto a piece of public even if you've never been there before yeah. I think the best time to actually hunt a new piece of property is during the rut yeah. because you, you, you're, the odds are very, very high in your favor of 
or I shouldn't say in your favor, but the odds are much higher than hunting at any other time of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you can walk in and be, and because you don't know the property, you might not have, you know, preconditioning, preconditioned assumptions about the property. So you're like, ah, oh, I guess this kind of looks good. And maybe everybody else goes, yeah, it kind of looks good, but I, I'm, I'm passing, I'm walking past that. Or that's, yeah. I know that's not very good. And then all of a sudden you sit there and well, bam, here yeah. he comes, you know, yeah. like, um, Heartland bow hunter, Sean, Sean Luchtel of, of Heartland. Uh, they just had, he hunted Iowa public and he had a really good encounter with a really nice buck, 150 yards mm-hmm. from the parking lot. You know, yeah. everybody else is walking past it. Yeah. And he just hung out because that's where the sign was, right? So yeah. I mean, it can it can happen just like that. And it and it's and it always comes back to what I talk about. Know know the area like the deer knows the area, and they want to know what's happening in their environment. So you need to know as well. And I and I just did a podcast the other night, and the guy said, "What's uh, what's your advice?" I, I said, "Well, put yourself in their shoes, and and would you want to know?" where the hunters are coming in to hunt you because you're being hunted you know um maybe it's this you want to know where you want to be able to hear that guy park and you want to be able to hear him go where he goes you don't want to be 500 yards back in the woods where you have no idea you know what i mean it's kind of like put yourself in their shoes they're being hunted what man you're going to stay stay up on a ridge and watch that parking lot or listen you know okay there's guys coming in the woods and then it, it, it I even tell people I said you might have to park a mile up the road to sneak in because some of the deer hang around the road and, and they it's a natural parking spot and a natural get you know and it's it's your your hunt's already over because they're they're already on to you so that I mean that's a that's a good point is to um like you said 150 yards from the you know the parking lot is I mean if you were you want to be kind of no, you want to know what's going on just as, as well as, as that animal knows who, what, who's in the, you know, who's in his um, territory. And, yeah. And oh yeah. yeah, for sure. I would certainly agree with that. And I had that shit happen to me too, man. I went, I don't know, maybe a mile, just over a mile from the road one time, taking a buddy out. I was a big, bad, tough hunter going deep yeah. into the public. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We're going, we're going real deep. Ended up like, on the back end of a shooting range that I didn't know was there. And we were having bullets whiz over. Yeah. You could hear them zipping and we're like, what is going on here? We're yeah. in a bad spot now, you know, still on public, but I didn't realize that that was a shooting range down the way. So we, we backed out of there, ended up, you know, just hunting, just kind of still hunting our whole way back. Right. Just chill and just moving real quote, uh, slowly and finding spots to t- stop for 10, 15 minutes. It was during the rut. So we still had, you know, opportunity get back. There's a, there's a a tree line. When you park, there's a tree line and then an open like CRP field. That's maybe like two acres. And then the wood starts after that Yeah. back. And we look out into that CRP and there he is standing within 50 yards of my truck with a doe. And they're both just looking at me in the dark. You know, you can see the outline in the CRP and you're like, are you shitting me? I could have just sat in my truck window. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the biggest but, thing like yeah i'm always worried about getting to that spot like so there's there's a spot this year i found a scrape 150 yards from the road pretty big high licking branch and and um i'm, I'm gonna try to doctor it up and put a camera and you know potentially hunt it during the rut but i'm like i mean i'm like i'm gonna park down the road a mile or have someone drop me you know i'm i'm, I'm not because behind on the 
back in the woods is pretty vast to where if I come up the road, the road runs east and true east west, and he's on the north side that scrapes there. To me, he's probably trapped. It's a flat, the road, and um, it drops down into a drainage each side of the road. So the road just kind of on a ridge, which is a natural area for deer to gravitate to. They don't even see that road, you know. There may be at yeah. night they're feeding on that ridge. And before daylight, I'm like, well, if it was me and I knew it was down, there was a lot of cover and stuff down in that creek down away from the road. If I was a big mature deer and it was early November, I'd hang out near the road just to hunt, just usually just out of sight, you know, and see who's coming to hunt, see who's, what hunters are coming to hunt me today, you know, and then if no one parks, he, and he can hear east, he can hear hundreds of yards each way, no one stops, well, I'm going to hang out right here, there's does, I'm going to work his top back and forth across the road, you know what I mean, um, but a lot of people see the deer along the road, but then I'll park, shut the door, go in and, and uh, you might ruin it, but I mean, like midday might right. be different there, bucks are on the hoof and that, you know, but that's always something to think about um, getting into your spot, accessing that spot. But yeah, so that's great. I'm anxious to doctor that up and see what that becomes. Cause it's a, yeah, there's a mature deer hitting it for, you know, I found it shit on. So, but I'm like, man, I'm going to park. I'm, I got a long ways away when I hunt those, you know? Yeah. So one thing you mentioned, you mentioned earlier was abandoned, like in that rut time frame. I know we're talking about scrapes right now, but you said in that rut time frame, abandoned scrapes because they ain't interested, um, which is a good point that I just want to reiterate because they really, they really aren't at that point. It's, it's not about marking territory or seeing who's hot. It's, it's about having sacks and getting after them does, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not to say that a deer come through is not going to hit a scrape, but it's not the first thing on is chances are through the whole night you get there in the morning hunt he, he kind of probably is close to a doe like you said that like he was probably in close to her the, probably the whole previous day he knew you know what i mean yeah. uh, he didn't have to hit a scrape in that he's probably satelliting her and kind of knows where he wants to be because all the scraping he did up to that point up up to halloween or whatever was all the learning maybe communicate with the other animals mm -hmm. and now it's time okay um, but not to say they're not going to hit a scrape, you know, but um, I think, I think you can have more luck just, just finding the does, you know, that's, I think it, it boils down to that. So, so then, yeah. So if you're not focusing on scrapes, um, what are you, are you just hitting up does or are you looking, you know, people always say pinch points, funnels, all that kind of stuff. Is that what you're after as well? Um, I, you know what? A lot, I, Funnels, not so, so like I think about my hunting experiences and it's not too many are in funnels. What's it, so, what's the terrain like that you're in? What's so, the lay of the land? A, a lot of the area in PA. So people talk about mountain hunting and this is like the Allegheny, you know, um, mountains. Um, but where I'm hunting it, it's kind of plateaus, they call it, you know, it's really actually generally pretty flat with gradual okay. topo but i mean there's places i hunt other states that are rugged mountainous um areas um and, and like i think nowadays the deer just or i call them seams where these bucks like a lot of this rugged land that i hunt you'll get on the ridges which aren't too uh some of the areas i hunt the ridges aren't but 20 to 50 feet wide maybe not even that okay and that's where you're seeing all your human activity the old bright eyes and the old ladder stands. And, you know, I don't, I'll get pictures of deer on those ridges in the middle of the night, but it's down off the ridges, a hundred feet. They're just, they're traveling just out of 
Danovers, and everybody wants a walk in that nice flat area. But them deer, they'll walk level like a topo line. And like if you were to try to walk level on a hillside, maybe a steep hillside on like a uh, whatever topo elevation line you're on, it's tough walking on a steep hillside like but to I, I think the deer you know their their toes one run in front of the other you know you look at their tracks and it may be three four inches wide to you know the width of their tracks and to walk on that hillside it doesn't bother them like people don't want to go down over them hills and shit but that it's safe down there to people aren't on the toss but um yeah as far as and i don't not too much saddles i feel like some of the deer are even like point A to point B. If he's kind of over here and these does, he wants to go hit these does. He's a lot of times he's not going to worry about going through a pinch and that he's just going, this is on a time he's saving all his energy for this time of year. If he has he's to go going across, straight line, he's going straight line. You know what I mean? That's the, you know, yeah. I, I don't now Now there's cases where, so this one place I used to hunt, it was just a wide open bean field, huge. And there was just one finger, of trees it's just like an old fence row and they came out from a bigger piece of forest 10 feet wide you know it was but them deer would come out of this forest use that fence you know the fence row to connect and you know like that's a sometimes they'll they'll use that you know what i mean yeah not, not to say he won't run across the middle open field either you know what i mean but right. um there's instances where you know they're going to stick to that cover you know um, if you were to, yeah, if you were looking at a new, at a new piece and you're in the rut, are you sitting, are you sitting that fence line with a little bit of cover to it? Or are you just, are you hit sitting on like some big trail that enters into that egg field? Which one are you? No, probably, to? probably out in that, that fence row. I would, I would like okay. to, you know, it has a little bit of cover. And, and Give it like a 60, 40, take the, take the fence yeah. row. And I, yeah. you know, I, and we've all been there where you're like, you're sitting out in the woods and you look over and you're like, why, why is there a deer right there? That makes mm-hmm. literally no sense. Why are you yeah. standing in the middle of that field? Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. Like you're, you're, you're totally exposing yourself. You don't do this any other time of the year. There's not even a doe in the area and there is a nice eight point just sitting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it is and like, yeah, I, a lot of times I contradict myself, but I put myself in situations where it happened this way. So I'm t- t- talking about something that happened this way, but this happened, the complete opposite happened in a different situation, you know? So it's yeah. always good to be open-minded and, and always talk about having an, another tool in your toolbox. Just, just yeah. you know, to where if you have enough experiences and you, know, you learn enough from podcasts to read, because not saying this is how John Stewart said to do it like this. No, <laughs> you can maybe learn something from me, but don't, you know, it's not always going to happen that way. You no, know? and I, yeah, I think one thing that a lot of us fall into the trap of is that, if an event happen happens once it's a pattern yeah right and then we always think that that's how it's always going to be and yeah. i always try to tell myself it only happened one time you can't base all these decisions on one time or one day or one event like you need it to happen you know if if you believe that 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 those deer are more likely to travel that fence line or are more likely to travel a pinch or are more likely to travel like a creek bottom or whatever if you're like you know what the sign says they're doing this not not going across the wide open field. And then all of a sudden you're seeing them in the wide open field yeah. and you see it one time, you can't conclude that that is what they do. You mm-hmm. just conclude that, damn, that deer got lucky and he didn't do the right thing today. 
you know, yeah. and you sit that again. And if it happens over and over, well then, yeah. Okay. Now it's a pattern and you got to yeah. figure out how you can hunt that open field. Maybe go get yourself a, a, a goose layout blind or something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you're an excavator, maybe dig a hole. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Just head <laughs> on out there and dig a hole. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. What's your blind like, man? Well, I dug about four feet <laughs> and now yeah. my head's about even with the corn stalks. <laughs> Send it, you know, do you have a raccoon yeah. on your head for um, yeah. a little cover? <laughs> Maybe a turkey decoy on your head. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Decoy. Right. All right. So, um, I guess, you know, what, what you're looking. So then if, if they're traveling those straight lines, right. Are you kind of keying in then on where you think or where you found like doe bedding areas to be? And yeah, yeah doe bedding, in? feeding, if, if there's beds and shit, I think that's where they're going to want to gravitate to, where does hang out. Okay. Um, and not so, I feel more and more that I hunt mature deer, as long as the population is low or not. I mean, there's some areas that I hunted or so many deer that they walk on trails, but a lot of these mature deer don't really use trails. Throw that, you got a little cover um, and you're in there satellite and some does, he's going to do the same thing. Um, being close to them does, I mean, like I said, if you bust some does out, it don't matter. He knows that them, them does exist there, you know? Well, yeah, and he doesn't know that they're gone. That's another and, Yeah, he don't know they're there, but I think the big thing is, and don't, I sometimes like talking about going in about after daylight. Then you could and sometimes before you, you get you work um, on the fringes of dawn, you know, he's ready for a predator, a hunter. I think that's why a lot of these deer are just laying down. Um, so that's why, like, even in the eight, nine o'clock, you know, the, the woods start waking up, you know, birds and this and that. And the deer might be already, you can maybe get in easier and you could see, see what's going on when you're hiking. Maybe you can get a shot. We were going in before dark. Um, I think a lot. To my experience, most of these mature deer are just, it's like the calm before the storm. They're going to do their work in the yeah. midday when maybe the, maybe it's because of the does are bedded and, and everybody's calm and he knows it's, they're not like moving and feeding. Maybe it's, it's, um, he knows where they're going to be bedded up or, or, or what have you. But I think at midday, man, that's the best time. And yeah, you know, I, I, I think, you know, and this is one thing that, that elk hunting ha has taught me a lot of which is like we as whitetail hunters have this theory, have this like concept in our head. And for whatever reason, it's like a driving force that we need to get to that tree stand. We yeah. need to get there. We yeah. need to get to that tree because for whatever reason, we believe we cannot kill a deer from the ground walking in, or we can't kill a deer unless we're in that tree stand. Yeah. And while the odds are, are a little bit lower, the thing, the thing that I was, I explored this a few times last year and it seemed to work out pretty well, um, which is how I, I, you know, I missed a nice buck last year. That's hundred percent my fault, but the, the, the setup and the strategy behind it was, was well executed. I thought, I mean, I got a shot at him, so mm -hmm. it was, um, which is essentially I was coming in and I did it multiple times, but you have to wait until the conditions are right to get in your stand. Mm -hmm. So for what one thing you're saying is like, you know, everybody wants to get to their stand before light. Got to get to your stand before light. John Eberhardt says, I, I got to be there two hours before light. Mm -hmm. 
right? And and if the conditions are right to do that, and you're trying to hunt a bedding area and you have a perfect wind and you're in a swamp yeah. and the wind's going to carry your direct your scent exactly how you want it to, you have a perfect entry and exit, then yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah. You're right. If you're if if you if that's how the conditions lay out. However, if the conditions are such that you know, same, same scenario, the winds aren't blowing perfect, or maybe they're dead still. And now you're going to make a ton of noise coming in there. And it's going to be very audible for everybody to hear. Um, and once you get in that stand, because there is no wind, your scent is just going to disperse all around you. Yeah. Um, and, e and even if you try to run in the, you know, an Ozonics or you use the best scent control, your scent still will likely yeah. bleed through. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and now you're really mucking up that area. I know hunting some, some hill country last year. Like I went to a spot and I was, I was walking down a hill and I was waiting for, I wanted these thermals from the Valley that I was hunting. I wanted to hunt midway up this ridge line. When I took like three steps down, I pushed my wind checker and all my scent would be blown downhill. I backed three steps up, hit my wind checker, all my winds heading uphill from yeah. where I came from. So yeah. I needed to like sit there and I worked my way down that hill, yeah. but in increments of like 10 minutes, you know, yeah. taking a couple steps every 10 minutes and just checking that wind checker to make sure that I was still good. And it was, it was crazy. The, sometimes I'd take, be able to take four steps and I'd be good. And other times I'd only be able to take one after 10, 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. And the, the, the thing that it did was it allowed, you know, my scent to stay rising and to, to stay out of that area because you get to that area too soon and cool. You got to your stand, but you blew all the deer out. So what the fuck yeah. does it matter? Yeah. Right. That's, that's the, that's the problem. So I like, I really do like, and what maybe it's just the laziness in me, but I do mm -hmm. like rolling in, you know, if it gets light, if you know, whatever sunrise is seven 30. So you want to be in your stand at seven. Cause that's when the actual light starts. I like rolling in at that 7 45 8 o'clock mm -hmm. I feel like that's when I see all the mature deer I, I'll sit there you know and I'm just going 30 years you know I'm not saying there's not a buck but it just seems like that 9 10 that's when I shoot them that's when I see them it's like man I sat here in the morning and froze for what it doesn't you know what I mean <laughs> right yeah and then I, I goes back to like getting more out and more thin you're, you're trying to get out you're trying to be a tough guy and Mm -hmm. And, you know, you maybe you've been hunting a while through October and that don't, you know, just, just relax a little yeah. bit, you know, and, and, and don't get war, don't have to be out there every minute and, and make sure you do when you're going in, like you said, take your time getting in there and, and, um, right. And know. if you can sacrifice, you know, an hour at the first, you know, the first light for two hours in midday, I would do that all day rather okay. than having to go back and get lunch or yeah. whatever. You're right. I would do that all last year. My best encounter. I had a great encounter with the biggest buck on, on our property is a really nice 10 point probably would be in that 150 range. I had an encounter. I got to my, I dropped my kids off at daycare at seven o'clock. I drove to our property, got there at eight 30, put on my shit was out in the woods. And I was climbing up to a stand at nine 15, climbing up a rock face. And I pop over this little rock face and there he is at 15 yards standing 40 yards from my stand. Yeah. Whether, and, and the, and I did, I ended up spooking him out of there. I couldn't get a draw on him or anything like that. Um, 
but I got to the stand and my stand was blowing completely opposite of what I had assumed, what the wind direction was saying. The wind was calling Northwest. It was blowing like East Southeast from my stand. It was totally ridiculous. But um, if I would have been in that stand, it would have been blowing right at those deer. Mm-hmm. So I could have, you know, and that, that's a valuable lesson for me. So I never, I sat that stand like two more times trying to figure out the wind on that stand ended up, couldn't even figure it out. So I just pulled the whole thing and just said, yeah. you know, I'm going to find a spot that's more consistent along this yeah. same kind of corridor. And, and I reset that up and I'll be trying it this year, but it still entails the same entry and exit, which is up that rock face so that you know, I'm not crossing a whole lot of deer trails and I can sneak in there pretty quickly and quietly. Another uh, thing I do, Anthony, sometimes I, when you get into that cold, you know, and the leaves are pretty thick, I walk like a deer, heel toe, sh- 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 all the oh, way. Yeah. There's time, that there's one time that I walked, a buck was actually laying under my stand and it was right at daylight. I wanted to go just enough to barely see. And it was, uh, I think I was in Illinois and it was just this big, there was all these fingers that went up in these bean fields. I was down in the creek bottom, you know, and I knew they were traveling through there and I had my stand hung. It was like a little old roadway. And um, I knew uh, there was deer probably in this, you know, piece of timber down in this creek bottom. Um, so it was a heavy frost and, and I'm like, I walked hill toe, you know, hill toe. I walked and I got about 50 yards from my stand and that buck like, he in his mind that's a deer it was november 5th 4th somewhere in there yeah and then i got 50 yards so his mind said deer 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 and then his eyes seen me so he was confused (laughs) but it was still he ran and i think this deer was more aggressive personality wise there was rubs and that and he scraped i think he was kind of aggressive he was kind of claiming that area um, yeah. some deer do that but he ran about 50 60 yards i walked like at all on my stand and i got up my stand and he still couldn't understand it to where <laughs> he circled downwind he didn't smell me did a huge circle and he went out of sight like confused he never smelled me <laughs> so i don't know if i hunted all day or something but maybe i know i was in my stand there maybe three four in the afternoon or two in the afternoon i said i'm going to try rattling he come running from nowhere right to my tree. Like <laughs> he thought that was that buck. Like actually before I got up my tree, I was standing in his bed, you know, like, yeah. And he knew he heard a buck walk to his bed, to that tree. Like that, his mind told him that. He, you know? <laughs> so he ran right to my tree and he was on a little bit of a hill. And I remember, um, pull my bow back and he, uh, saw me pull my bow back um and he took a step back and um he was getting ready to turn and he was only 10 12 yards i let that arrow fly them suckers are so fast just the you know the string going off he ducked and turned and i hit him like in a neck it wasn't a non-lethal shot i'm like like i was drawn right on you know when he ducked and turned yeah he turned that much but i do that a lot I'll, I'll walk in sounding like a deer to uh, help that's a great tip. Yeah, I've done yeah. that a lot of times. To you get up there, and then it's like they think a deer just walked up through there. It happened to me a lot right. of times. You know, especially that last, especially if it's on flat net, you start trying to. 
I've tried going up a hill and doing that, and you just you can't do it. You know what I mean? Like hill toe. Yeah. Yeah. A flat ridge, oak ridge. It sounds like a deer coming through the woods. So that's a mm-hmm. you know a thing I, I've I've done a lot in them early morning spooling in. You know, that's it's a big attracting deer to you. You know. Yeah, I for I forget the saying, but like, what are you in a are are you in a hurry to lose, or why you know why are you why are you trying to get there so fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I I've always liked that saying, which is like, take it slow, be patient, you know, make sure you're you're doing everything right. Because I yeah, I mean, it just happens, and it and it happens to every pretty much every whitetail hunter when they go out west. It's like you pick a spot on the map and you haul your ass to get there. And, uh, and it may, might be two miles. It might be three miles. You get there and you're like, all right, we've been here for 15 minutes. We didn't hear a bugle. We're out. You know, there's nothing here. And you just passed, you know, two miles worth of hunting ground, but mm-hmm. you need to get to that spot. Right. Yeah. It's, it's what it's a white tails hunters mindset. And I think, I think getting over that can be, can be very helpful. And I like, even me right now, I'm not even sure where I'm hunting this year. I mean, I know the states and the areas, but I, that's how mobile I am. I'm, I'm like still scouting and learning up to that yeah. time, of hunt, whether it's cameras or, or I might go to in, in a spot that might've been good one year. Like I know two years ago, uh, I was downwind of his clear cut and, and these bucks were uh, sent checking a clear cut and, and I was on flat and it was like perfect setup to clear cut, uh, I left like 30 yards between me and a clear cut and, and the wind was blowing out of the cutting to me and then bucks would come between me and the cut. And, um, th- there was a hot dome. I can't, I left camp. It was a spot that I, I was t- potentially wanting to hunt. You know, I, I figured them does were in that clear cut and there was, there was the sign was there, the bed, there were some rubs in that. So I checked the camera and I had two shooters on that morning. I checked the camera. I'm still scouting. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I got cameras out. So it's November fifth i'm scout and it was raining i'm like you know and another thing is i work hard all summer i work so hard because sometimes i am a little bit lazy like you said because i'm kind of wore out now i want to enjoy my hunt to where it's not i work my ass off all summer and i'm I'm working i still want to enjoy it so like it was raining so i'm not going out this morning i said i'm gonna go check cameras see if i can catch and then there was two bucks that morning right before daylight shooters so we we got in and it was a perfect got up in my I sent my buddy there he shot a buck and he he spined it and actually i wasn't even i got him set up and i left and and uh he called me said i got one i said i went in and i said let's be quiet let's get this thing out of here I said i'm gonna get up in a tree so <laughs> he, he drug his deer out and and he went up on a hill and um i ended up shooting a buck an hour later you know, he come, <laughs> he went up on a hill to call his wife to get get service, and yeah. he come back. I'm standing at the road because the road was only 200 yards away. He's like, "What are you doing?" He said, like, "You shot one, didn't you?" I'm like, "Yeah, I shot one." <laughs> we, so there was a hot doe there, and and then the next morning, I put my buddy in there, and he he shot a buck out of that same tree the next morning. So we shot three bucks in 24 hours out of that tree. But I went back. That was two years. I went back last year thinking it's a dynamite spot. Right up, yeah, I seen some does, but and I don't know if someone. That's another thing whether it was there no does and heat there or i think maybe someone might have been monkeying around in that clear cut that might have screwed it up but um but i'm always like that for instance i was mobile then i'm, I'm not even because i'm yeah. looking for that hot sign you know yeah, you can't get married to a spot yeah right you just you, you you just can't and i think like one of the 
the big reasons is essentially food sources change year over year. Ag fields change. Maybe acorns don't yeah. drop that year. The mass, right. the mass crop isn't as good one year, or maybe there's a new clear cut or something new that you don't even know exists. Like changes where does want to bed, which then changes where bucks want to bed and, and how they travel. And there's so many variables out there that we're not aware of because we don't live in the woods all the mm-hmm. time. I, I, I agree. I think it's still really important to stay, to stay scouting and stay looking yeah. for that, that fresh sign. Cause one year it might be the West end of the property that you hunt that's hotter than hot. And the next year it might be the East end. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't know, but you, you know, don't know what I think through the season, it changes. I followed bucks from October to November, catch them on my cameras, how he's up here in his clear cut rubbing feed maybe early October and he leaves a sign here. And then I catch guys hunting that sign in November. And meanwhile, I got the buck. He's not even living there anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, right. He's changing according to the hunting pressure, the food, the does and what's going on. Yeah. Where, like you said, everything's changing where that stand was good last year, but this year it isn't good. Um, right. And like you said, it's, you want to get married to one spot, which is good to be confident but also be realistic. Don't get stuck in that one spot and say, mm. it's a fine line that you're going to walk. So you, just, I sit there and ask myself questions, you know, and if there's a doubt in my mind that maybe the wind is wrong, maybe I screwed them up on the way in, then I will leave, you know, and, and that just sets me at ease better that there, I had a reason behind it, not just yeah. sitting here and you don't think it's good, but that maybe you're just being a pessimist in that situation. And you're like, this ain't good. Right. you know what i mean especially so, oh yeah especially haunting well the other thing that i really look for especially haunting public when i'm doing that is other hunter tracks you know yeah, yeah. that's one of the things that always like really mm-hmm. makes me leave a spot is even if it's if it yeah. was good last year and i walk in and there's a fresh track or some fresh trash in there or something i'm like yeah that's that's a big thing for me i'm i got right. people say essentially hunt hunters i was like yeah because chances right. are them bucks you know, are on to them hunters, not every, and I'm not saying I'm the best. So I also got to have a bunch of spots in mind because I'm going in and I'm putting my tracks. So I I might only have one or two hunts there. I might spook a deer then not saying he's not going to come back, but I have a bunch of spots that I want to go to that I know it's fresh and I didn't mess it up or a hunter mess it up because you're out there doing the same thing as another hunter. You're putting your scent and your noise and, and stuff out there too. So I always have a bunch of spots to I scouts, but I just love, and like in my past five years, I think I just love knowing as much as I can about what's going on. I don't think it yeah. is even much about killing. It's just like learning and learning. Cause I think mm-hmm. once you learn so much and I'm always checking different places and then my buddy said, how, how come you're not hunting that one buck yet on camera? He said, I, I wanna, I'm curious to we'll see what's over here. So I think I'm just <laughs> curious about learn. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Oh, I have, I have bad, then, bad FOMO fear of missing out, man. I want to know what's over wanna, that next ridge real but bad. It, and, it, and that's who I am. Maybe that's who you are, but that doesn't mean every, that's the best way to uh-huh. hunt how it may be. It probably hurt me in the past and this, but this is, I want, but I want to know what's going on. Like the deer knows. Mm-hmm. And then like when I go hunt there or I take my buddies, um, I know where the good areas are, you know, and it, it might yeah. not be down to one tree. It might be, mm-hmm a scene where I say these bucks are traveling to stay away from hunters and maybe between a road and that's, and that's a safe area that, um, 
I can say this is a good area, not a good tree. Sometimes it's just like it's like there's hot spots where I feel like yeah. I can catch them. You know, you don't always because they don't always like they're somewhat nomadic for a reason, so they're not patterned by predators. You know what I mean? So it's not like he, he in areas that this is his bed. He's going to live here in his bed all day, every day, right? All year. They travel, they move, they have different little, if you got enough cover uh, to keep them set, you know, they could randomly bed in spots that just feel right. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's not all about just one area, but. Yeah, yeah and I think it's important to, to note that as well, because people are chasing buck beds right now. Buck beds are a very, very highly discussed topic. And you can see a buck bedding on a hillside, but that might be just him stopping for an hour or two hours or three hours like it yeah, doesn't, like that doesn't mean like a, a bed itself you don't always see unless it's something that he uses a lot or uh, multiple deer use a lot like if it's he might lay down for an hour and then the wind blows rain and then the, the bed essentially disappears you know what i mean like mm -hmm. people don't think about that like and that's another big thing a lot of sign is covered up like when them leaves are falling end october people want to hunt that sign and it's, you don't see it till again till January because you got them fresh leaves. You know, I've done that. Yeah. I'm like, there ain't no sign here. Well, then I'm like, well, all these leaves just fell and any deer shit and any food or, or trails you don't see. So that, that right. so you got to use your instincts and, you know, maybe you're, you're scouting from maybe, uh, you know, shed season to help you yeah. out. You know what I mean? Um, so then when you, when you're, when you pop down to scout in season, like say, say you're up in a tree you've sat there for you or you've hunted two, three days and you're not seeing a whole lot. You're not having yeah. a whole lot of luck when you get down to start scouting. Like, are you just going to, are you essentially like, oh, I'm going to go look in this whole new area and just go start walking and looking for rubs and, and scrapes and tracks and sign, or what do you, what are you looking for? Um, it depends. Usually if say you're hunting, say I'm a little ways from my vehicle, sometimes I'll set up and uh, I'll hunt here for maybe a half a day or a couple of days. And then, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Onyx, I'm studying, I'm learning where I want to potentially scout and be. And, and chances are, it's not like hundreds and hundreds of yards. So you're kind of, kind of hunt and scout a little bit. Maybe I'll set up here this evening. You know what I mean? Right. So it's kind of like a hunt slash scout, you know, sure. or, or if maybe I bump something where I just feel like, or maybe I'll get in my vehicle and go check a whole new area. And it's usually, sometimes it's new areas that I've never, because a lot of the areas that I hunt, are, I try to stay where there's some vast land. I like to, you know, spread my wings. I, yeah. I don't want to be stuck to 500 well, acres. That's, without, and, you know? Yeah, and that's so. a great point that I'd like to bring up is when you're checking out these pieces of public, like if you want to stay mobile and you're already driving two hours, what's two and a half or what's three if yeah. you're already driving two? Yeah. Find, find a big piece that gives you big opportunity. Uh, yeah, you're right. And then there's also, I, I found small pieces that no one it's kind of out of way no one looks and they're, they're there but if the pressure's not there for x amount maybe no one's been through there in october it might be a banger spot but mm -hmm. i like to you know like you said have some area to where i can get down and poke around during a day and maybe i'll get back up in a tree the same tree i'm in maybe i didn't see anything yeah or like i said if there's I've a rain that. <laughs> you know let's say it's pouring down rain like i said that one i said you know i i, I i'm not I don't have nothing to prove. I'm not, I don't, I didn't kill a deer last year. I have my bow back on one deer. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, but I'm always learning more 
and, and like I said, I work hard all year and it's time, my, my time to enjoy it. That's where I'm at. My right. life. You know, it's not like I have to kill after show. I gotta, you know, like it was rain. I was like, I'm not going out. You know what I mean? But it's the kind of that relaxed sometimes mm-hmm. state of mind that you're not pressuring yourself. And it's like, like, that's what happened. I, I'm going to go check cameras. You know what? I'm not sure right, where right. I want to go. I'm not sure where maybe, a, maybe there's only a few does coming in and a lot of the bucks are nocturnal except for maybe the few does that got some bucks with them and i'm just going to check some cameras and maybe i'll i'll catch and you know and that's what happened i caught some bucks all in this one camera and it, and i did have a camera facing maybe east and one west or whatever and the one camera had a few does and the other camera had all bucks it was just how they were <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like i try to i always go in the woods with usually not when i hunt um but if, if I'll do like a, a scout, like, and that's another thing, I go back to a hard two, three day, four day hunt, you know, and then I just need to stop and, and regroup because you might be exhausted mentally, physically, you know, sitting in a tree all day or thinking this is your best spot or trying to get in there, trying to stay warm. It, it, yeah. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with uh, knowing your area and knowing, knowing what is actually going on. Then your hunt can only, might only last, like, for instance, that story I told we killed three bucks in 24 hours and the two were within two hours of each other. Right. You know what I mean? It happened yeah. that fast. So sometimes, and then, it, but it also, if you're confident, there's times I've been in spots that I was so confident um, that I knew I'm going to sit here until a buck comes. Cause I just had, I thought it was more of an intuition, six cents type yeah. deal. Maybe just being intimate with the land that I, felt like the deer do and i knew a good buck was going to come through i said i'm in my, my heart rate was like i was like i'm killing a buck i'm killing a good buck and, and i did you know what i mean it, it, it was but i said i'll sit here for two three days if i have to because i know but i think it's just from knowing knowing just what i said knowing you know like the right. deer, you know that they're going to come through you're there at the right time you know what i mean but it's not always that way it's rare that i get yeah. that feeling to where it's like oh this is it you know and, and it seems mm-hmm. like all the stars align and this is good but most of the time i'm moving and i'm wondering and learning where this buck might be hanging out and where the does are and just kind of always putting a piece of the puzzle together as i'm and it's not so much about hunting you know and i like i just like knowing about them animals and learning yeah so one of my questions there is and this is something that i come across in my own you know hunting every year is like I think this is a banger spot. I love the tree stand set up. I love the cover I have. I love the trails. They're all, you know, close. It's a good pinch point or a good funnel or whatever. How often, how many times am I going to sit that and not see shit before I go, all right, I made the wrong choice. <laughs> yeah. Cause I feel like some days, you know, I, I sit there and um, like, some days you get up in there and you don't see anything all day. And mm-hmm. you're like, I know this, I know this is a good spot. Maybe the bucks just weren't rolling through here today. Yeah. You know, I'll yeah. sit here tomorrow. You sit there tomorrow, still good wind, still good. Everything, you know, you're fine there. And it just still nothing. Yeah. Like, ah, I know this, I know they have to come through here. So how many times, you know, and then, and then maybe you sit there a third day. Then after that, you're like, all right, I'm done with this spot. We're going somewhere else. And then day four, you got a picture on your camera right in that area. Right. You're like, son of a bitch, you know, Um, like three or four, you know, you need three to four days. If you're that confident. Okay. You know what I mean? I'd say three, three, 
you yeah. think you're a week if something if it's that good a spot and you feel you're i think a three to four day range it, it should stick it out and then i think that's about the time where you you maybe trying to get into that spot you, you you've been there enough you left your sign and you know it's it's time that you maybe just a new change of scenery you know right um like a fresh spot but you gave it you gave it a hell of a shot and chances are it's going to be the third or fourth day like you said that it's it's going to happen you know what i mean yeah I, yeah i mean it seems like it either happens in the first 30 minutes or the last 30 minutes of, yeah, of your yeah. effort um yeah that spot like i had sat there i think i had missed that buck last year on the fifth time i sat there not the fifth day in a row but it was the fifth time overall like i sat there like two or two times early season because i had some good early season pictures in that area mm -hmm. and i sat there one or two times during the pre-rut and then um that was the first time i had sat there during during the rut and he came through at 9 45 yeah. right so you know that late morning it's pretty much sleeping in my stand, like just staring at my feet, you know, using my safety harness to hold me up type of thing. <laughs> and, uh, and I just heard him crack a crack a branch and look, turn around. He's coming directly from behind me. He's already at 25 yards. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's one of the questions that I always ask myself. And it's one of those things that you can really get in your head, your own head about, you're right out there hunting for for a and then what if you know it, it comes into play like say i haven't seen any deer maybe you're hunting an area with low deer density yeah oh sometimes that that helps me out knowing because when i'm in a high deer density area it's like i kind of get frustrated i'm not seeing deer because the sun's yeah. everywhere but when you're low you're like okay there ain't many deer here i might have to sit here a while before i see a deer i'm more comfortable with that than having all that sign and, and trails and high deer numbers. And, you know, that, sure. that's, that's, and not seeing shit. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that it's kind of like when you, if, and that's what sucks you. It's a mental thing where I'm expecting to see it because all the signs here, all the trails here. And that's what sometimes gets me because I feel like everything is in black and white for me. Maybe it's the rubs, the scrapes, the deer trail pictures and you hunt there and, I think you, I tend to maybe leave that spot because I mentally believe that the deer should, they, they don't come. Sometimes I get to a spot right. where it's not as much, it's a mental thing where I get to a spot where they ain't all the sign and, and and I'm more comfortable sitting there and not seeing deer. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, okay, I, I there's, you know, this is like maybe a decent spot, not all the signs here, you know, like, okay if i don't see nothing i'm cool with that because it ain't the best spot when you're in that best right. spot that's what really gets in your head because it's like this should be happening you know yeah. ain't coming through you know so um that's that's <laughs> that's a mental game yeah you know what i mean it's a good it's a juggle for 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 you you know being i think it yeah. all the sign you know i think it comes down to what you're saying is just keep your keep spending time in the woods that november 2nd to the 15th because it can it only takes 30 seconds that's the thing i always continue to tell myself when i'm feeling like you know it's it's day you know eight or nine of a haunt or you're trying or you've been you know you've taken you've already taken three four days off of work and now mm -hmm. you're taking a few extra days your wife's yeah. starting to get pissed at you yeah, yeah, yeah. work starting to call you more yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah God. yeah you're trying to get it done right you know? yeah Yep. And you're like, all right, it can only take 30. It only takes 30 seconds. It only exactly. takes 30 right. seconds. Just put in the time. Don't quit. 
it's, yeah. it's common. The opportunity is common. You just got to keep your time in, yeah. you know? Right. Um, and like I said, it don't have to be like, even in that situation. So, you know, that's the right tree. Uh, maybe I'll get down and I'll do that hundred little, oh, little walk just to, yeah. just to recharge your batteries and maybe eat a sandwich. And there's times I just sat at the bottom of the tree, mm -hmm. but I was in the woods all day, you know, and I get back right. up and just cause um, sometimes knowing that it's the best spot, it's waiting. The waiting game is tough because you're expecting it, you know, instead of mm -hmm. like maybe a mediocre spot or a low deer density area where you already have it in your mind. I'm not seeing a deer today. I might, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, so la last question we're at, like, I don't know, an hour, 20 minutes or so, something like that. Last question, which is, you know, when you're, when you're hunting during the rut, and you're looking for spots are you doing mainly you know uh, i know we talked about you're trying to hunt between doe bedding areas and those are those are things that you've kind of scouted previously or just know from experience um or if you or if you kick some does out that's a great sign that that's a doe bedding area mm -hmm. right so you now now you know where that is so even if you're out scouting like you, you don't know where any doe bedding areas are you're out looking at a new piece or even an old, or even a piece that you've been on for years and you still don't, you're just like, I'm not sure where the doe bedding areas are. And you're really starting to get, trying to get more serious and understand your land a little bit better doing scouting. You kick a doe, doe bedding area out or you kick a doe out and you find that doe bedding area. Are you then, um, I guess my question is, is how are you, how are you, are you setting up like within you know, 20 yards of where you've seen them does run from or 50 yards or how are, are you just going to the nearest like field edge and hunting the field edge? Or are you trying to stick more in the woods or how are you figuring out where you want to, to set up? Well, That's I always mean, a question that plagues me. If, if the winds, you got to take that in consideration and okay. chances are you want to be on a downwind side of them does and I feel like what I want to look for is just in general, first and foremost, is that foot track. Has anybody been in there? We're into November. Is anybody hunting? So um, make sure no one's in there. Um, but then again, it goes back to maybe that guy did the same thing you did. You know what I mean? But I feel like you're going to find does where people, deer in general, where people aren't. So start there, get away from the humans, but find that browse, find where they're maybe browsing um, a lot of doe shit fawns or doe groups are living maybe uh definitely cover and food is what they're gonna you know be um gravitating toward you, you know the does sure. and, and so that's where the bucks are gonna you know try to inter intercept them you know hopefully you can use the wind to your advantage and set up just downwind of them does or um something you know find some sign it might even be you might want to be in a place where there's more trails just more deer in general maybe there's concentrations of deer and fresh signs sometimes like after a rain like you said uh um that's a good time to find some fresh tracks i've walked times after the rain fell the way today maybe it rained yesterday you know and i'm gonna go out tomorrow morning look for tracks because you know they're gonna be an area where they're comfortable to where probably hunters aren't so that's a good start right there there's you know there's times you get an area where um a lot of people are hunting and just the trails are there from year to year or maybe off times of the year they're used but no fresh tracks finding fresh tracks um 
Okay. Just, just some, some more, uh, it doesn't always have to be the rubs and that, you know, the, the scrapes and the big buck beds, but you know, the, the dough is going to need the security, the cover, you know, food, um, whatever you feel they're feeding on in, in your area, you know, they're going to be browsing yeah. and, and stuff like that. So pretty much dough sign, not that big, you know, which is the general po deer population sign, you know, cause mm -hmm. there's much more deer on, you know, there's less of them you know, unless sure. not much hunting pressure and get, just get in that general area. And you know you've, I mean? you've mentioned it a few times, which is like thick cover too. You yeah. Know, that thicker cover, cover you know, and it varies from, you know, that's another thing. It varies from where someone might be hunting, you know, um, a lot of big open ridges, you know, might not, it might be something like that to where there isn't cover, but, mm. um, they're going to be using the winter advantage, maybe feeding on them ridges, thermals and stuff like that um, to where maybe you want to be hunting that ridge. Um, but they'll use the terrain to get away from you. And, and uh, but even in the big open woods, like some of the areas that I hunt, I always, when I'm hiking, I always still gravitate towards some type of cover where there's a down log, maybe there's some big trees on a North slope to where they're going to lay up against a tree or something like that. Or there's a little more browse in this area or in a Creek bottom and just, find something a little different that's not wide open, you know what I mean? Or down over a point, you know, it, it might be wide open where they are, but you know, for the most part, there's some type of security cover in, in most of the areas that ain't so rugged uh, and they're using the terrain and the steep ridges and stuff like that. I mean, there's usually some type of security cover, you know? Um, and like you said, the, the one hunt you had, the, them does were in that thick, you know, it might be some thick, nasty stuff. Them does are comfortable in there, you know, maybe you want to be on a fringe, catch them, um going to feed and stuff like that but try to find where um what they need to survive with and number one is no humans and you know like i said it might be it would be just a walk through the woods and maybe you find random you know they might be a family group and find random beds and there's does living here you know that's that's just a start and especially in november guys are be out there so you just might have to hike maybe a thousand eight you know piece of land just hike pick a spot and hike. There's nobody parked here. Sometimes it comes down to that, Anthony. I'm just, hey, there's nobody here. There's cover here. Let's try this. That's why I said I'm so mobile. Sometimes I, I really don't even know where I'm, what tree I'm going to be hunting this year. I don't I didn't even thought about, I'm not even sure. I got more cameras to check and November's going to, maybe I'll find a certain deer that I want to hunt. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah. I'm not really certain. I, I'm just going to scout. And a lot of times I'll be scouting, scouting, scouting that it's like, well, I didn't even shoot my bow yet this year. I mean, I'm literally like that. Like <laughs> I'm so intrigued by these animals and always wanting to know more about them. Yeah. That I, I, everything else goes to the wayside. I'm like, man, I, I should have bought a, you know, an extra pair of pants. It's going to be cold. You know, it's like, I'm like I'm so <laughs> always learning and studying. Yeah. And, but go, you got to get boots on the ground to go out and so this might look like a good spot but I, I need to go check it out you know and after a light rain maybe um and you can even see where deer walk kick the leaves up that's always a, a yeah. little help you know so no i i i agree and i i think knowledge will always kill more deer than equipment yeah uh, you know information and strategy will always kill more deer than a better broadhead or a better that's broadhead. what i said if i knew where this one buck was at one time during the hunt season. All I, you know, if I knew he was here, say you put an X on a map, I knew he was going to be there this time of day and this time. All I need is a bow. You know what I mean? Like if I can get to where I know where the deer is going to, if I know him that intimately, 
I don't need grunt calls. I don't need range. I don't need anything. I just need to be there. It's like you said, you know enough, get yourself to the point where you can find that spot. But like I said, uh, so last year, you know, last year I, I hunted all year and I had my bow back on a, a good buck in late season, but I never even shot one. So, um, I mean, that's, what's great about it. You don't, you'll never know. You're just getting little pieces and clues and it's, the learning curve will never end where the year before I shot a few good bucks and very little bit of time in the tree, you know? So, uh, <laughs> so what do yeah, I know? It happens. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just make that comment as I know people, like always want to worry about, you know, what, what gear they have. Um, and I am a gear junkie and I'm not going to like a shy away from that. Cause I enjoy the gear, but I also, at the same time, I know that if I have, you know, two hours on a Saturday morning and I could spend that two hours, you know, camo wrapping my tree stand, or I could spend it being out in the woods and trying to find sign, I'm going to spend the time in the, yeah. in the woods, you know, yeah. cause that's going to be much more valuable to me in the long run than it is you know whether or not my my stands camo or not you're right yep. you know and i'm not I'm not saying that cam wrapping your stand in camo isn't a bad idea to deaden noise and all that shit i mm-hmm. know people like to do that but i'm just saying there's there's if if your problem is not seeing deer don't focus on your gear <laughs> focus on your knowledge yeah. focus on scouting and your time in the woods because that's going to get you to see the deer and get you the right. opportunities right. Mm-hmm. You know, these people who, who kill consistently big bucks consistently also have opportunities mm-hmm. like that's and, and the opportunities come from time in the woods and experience. And that's what it is. You're, you're not going to read a magazine and go out and you got to put yourself out there and take, you know, what you learn from reading or podcasts and what have you. But yeah. you have to get out there and apply it and draw your own conclusions. I'm not telling you this is exactly what to do, but hopefully you can take a clue from the things I've learned. I've hunted with people that are novice hunters and I asked them, I'm like, what do you think maybe we should set up here? And they're looking at me like, you're the big deer hunter. What do you mean? Why are you asking me? I said, maybe you have an idea. I'm open to anything. I don't know everything. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's good to be, I do know a lot. So it's good to be in that place and just in general in life. If you think you know everything, you're going to miss a lot. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know everything. So yeah, I think I also think like during the rut, like a, a fresh set of eyes on a, on a property is actually a really good idea, mm-hmm. you know, cause you might be overlooking something that you've just dismissed on year one. And now it's year five and you still, you still are dismissing it. And that other hunter's like, well, why won't you try this? And you're like, yeah, well, and, I, I guess I don't know. And then I also like hunting with other people because it's like uh, usually i know them they, they, my buddies will hunt me i know the most about the area and i kind of put them to me it's another scouting tool go try this yeah. spot you know <laughs> oh would you, would you see oh uh, maybe, maybe we'll hunt there or, or you got four guys hunting in areas hey this yeah. is hot well let's go let's go over there i mean i'm not the type now if there's like some 170 inch deer that i don't be like oh no you're not going <laughs> to that point it's like yeah. up to that point oh yeah i'm just like I don't care if you shoot it. I don't care. <laughs> you know right. what I mean, that'd be cool. If you get a hundred bitty, like last year, Bo got his deer. I helped him with that. And it, aren't you mad? He shot your, like, no, I don't care. I said, there's one less deer that I got to worry about. You know, that deer been up there for eight, nine years. I only hunted him three times. I just didn't, I had too many other places to hunt, you know? Right. Like, yeah. And, and I wasn't there on that day at that time. Right. Yeah. 
by okay. Highlander, you know? And I say that with my buddies that I take out to like my, I've taken my buddies to my pieces of private and they're like, Hey, are there any deer you like don't want me to shoot? And I'm like, if you don't shoot a buck that you're happy about, I'm going to be pissed off. Like if yeah. you see the biggest buck on our property and you're like, Oh, I don't want to shoot him Cause this is like Heller's deer. Yeah. Like you're never going to hunt here again. Yeah. I'm going to be yeah. so mad that I will just <laughs> say no, you yeah. know? And that's the same way I feel about public because if, if I'm not in that spot, that's my choice. Like I had the choice to pick the public land spot. Mm -hmm. I had the choice to pick the private land spot. I didn't pick the spot. I put you in that spot and I either put you there because I thought it was a, a shittier spot than where I'm going. I'll tell you yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And you did the work. Yeah. So it's yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, that's a great, that's a great note to end on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if people, if people want to find you, Johnny, and, and hit you up on, on Instagram or, or hit you up some way, um, maybe, maybe have you dig a hole for them in a field for a, yeah, for a blind. Well, in the, see, that'd in be the, cool. Yeah. In the, in the November. To turn it into hunting. Yeah. Shoot, yeah. Shoot me a message on Instagram to Johnny Stewart. You know, um, I talked to, you know, I just like talking, helping other people or just talking about deer. So. Yeah, don't be yeah. afraid to ask me. And people say, "Oh, can I ask you a question?" I don't care. You know, <laughs> yeah, maybe I can help you get a deer. Um, right. So. Yeah, what is, it's it's the Johnny Stewart, right? Yeah. Yep, and your photos, yeah, it's you with a deer in it, so that's a good one. All right, so yep, look up the Johnny Stewart, hit hit him up, and um, if you're in the Pittsburgh area and you need a whole dog hit him up for that too there you go yeah <laughs> i hear he's not busy at all yeah. <laughs> ask ask for the time frame to be like november 3rd to the hey 8th. the prices go up that time of year they <laughs> <Like> jump <laughs> quadruple yeah you want this done when oh all right i'll give you a price when you want it. <laughs> right yeah. uh, you're not gonna accept my bid that's okay that's okay <laughs> i'm good with that all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. I appreciate you guys popping on. Uh, you have any questions for Johnny, of course, hit him up at the Johnny Stewart. You got any questions for, for me? It's uh, just Deer Vane on Instagram or Facebook, or my email is hellera90 at gmail. So appreciate you guys hanging around. And again, if you ever have the opportunity, you're in the market for some, for some badass um, outdoor clothing, Venado, look them up, starts with a V. I think their Instagram shop Venado. Um, and then also check out Onyx Maps for GPS and Vector Custom Shops if you guys need some arrows. Those guys are awesome out of Wisconsin, um, only in 45 minutes from my house. Just got a new set in today. Brand new set. I I'm, I'm very excited to try them out. They look pretty sweet. So exciting stuff there. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for popping on and uh, catch you guys later. <laughs>